are listening to the Cock and Bull Podcast. It's a weekly comedy and history podcast, and let me let me let you in on something. I'm one of the hosts, and my name is Spencer Faust. There's another host. His name is Nathan Faust, and he's going to speak right now. I'm in the closet. He's trapped in the closet. I'm actually literally in a closet. It is. It, it's it's weirder than that. Yeah. No. It's a subterranean. Yeah. It's like a Harry Potter bunker underneath it is very the stairs much of your a, house. It's very much a mixture of a closet and a, and a dungeon. Um. It's it's a couple different things. Uh. uh second topical R. Kelly reference of the good. back That's to good. back. Seven days between your listening experience, you're like, ah oh, man, I wonder if they're gonna continue the R. Kelly discussion. Man, I wonder if R. Kelly's still a piece of shit. Yep. Yep. Still a piece of shit. On the night of December third, nineteen twenty six, around nine forty five p.m. Famed murder mystery writer Dame Agatha Christie vanished from her Berkshire home. The, the, okay, all, all, all right. I am, I am, I have no goofs. I am in. What's going on now? Christie was born September fifteenth, eighteen ninety, and was famous for having written well over sixty detective novels and fourteen short story collections, often revolving around the escapades of Hercule Poirot and Miss Maple. Miss Marple, excuse me, Miss Marple. God, Marple, come on now. It's not a name in my defense. So these characters come from the all-star cast of detective fiction from the late 19th and early 20th, earliest, early 20th century, agreed upon as the golden age of detective fiction, among other things like the golden age of beating your kids and committing hate crimes. Yeah, yeah, and, uh, and weird, weird subverted racism. Slavery, uh, really? Also, I, mean, I feel like slavery is kind of around in the 19th century. Not late yeah, 19th century, but... Yeah, I was about to say, we were getting past it. We were getting past it. Uh, was it, isn't it, like, I don't know if it's apocryphal or not, isn't it said that, like, her books are the only thing, like, they're published more than the Bible? Like, she's, like, the highest yes. selling ever of ever, like, she, she's just, like, because she wrote so goddamn much and they're so popular? Yeah, we'll, we'll touch on her sales. While oh, Doyle- okay, I didn't know we were going to get into the economics of Agatha Christie. <laughs> I, I wanted to get that tidbit in. Sorry, forgot. While Arthur Conan Doyle uh, penned Sherlock Holmes some 20 years before she was born, uh, Christie made her stride in the detective fiction genre with the antics of Poirot and Marple with no less success. Born in the upper middle class, Christie served as a hospital nurse during World War I before becoming a pharmacy assistant during the Second World War. It was while working in this medical field of hers that she learned quite a bit about poison, a subject which would come back with great authenticity in her works. All the time, constantly. It's always poison, right? What it's you always know. poison. Right, what you know. With her initial struggles behind, you know, being what they were, Christie's later success would pave the way for the most successful writing careers of all time. Christie is, no exaggeration, the best-selling novelist, like we've said. She sold roughly two billion copies up till now, and her estate continues to claim her works are still coming in third place for sales. So who's ahead of her? Uh, Shakespeare and the fucking Bible. So, Nathan, uh, remember Dame Agatha Christie? Um, like, what the fuck just happened on December 3rd, 1926? Uh, like, that's a valid question, because as much as I've I've heard and am culturally aware of Agatha Christie, wasn't aware she disappeared. Didn't know she pulled a uh, Amelia Earhart. Yeah, December 3rd, 1926, she vanished. So Christie had been published and working for seven years by this point. She was married to Archie Christie, a yeah. British... Yeah. Br- Do you familiar with the name? Douche. Arthur yeah, Christie, yeah, yeah, now, now the other thing, and a full disclosure, everything I know about Agatha Christie, I know from the Dead Authors podcast with Paul F. Tompkins about uh, Agatha Christie. Uh, yeah, so good show. Literally, literally every bit of information I have about that woman comes from there. I think I've maybe half read whoa, two of her books. 
Uh, they had been. I mean, Archie Christie is a British businessman, military officer, kind of a I douche. I mean, that all. That all. I mean, his name is Archie Christie, and he's British. <laughs> yeah, he's a douchebag. They had been married for twelve years by this point, but the recent months had proven tumultuous. Archie, you see, was banging the secretary. Mmm. No, was, not Archie with that <laughs> upstanding name. Why do I imagine Archie being played by Hugh Grant in this? Archie is absolutely played by Hugh Grant in this re recasting. He, uh, Archie had been having an affair with Nancy Neal, an associate through the Imperial Army. Uh, and this wasn't his first mistress. Uh, in fact, it wasn't even his second. I mean, back then... Yeah, you're not even a shit. husband if you don't have three mistresses. I mean, yeah, really. You're you're not trying if you don't have if you don't have two or three. Agatha is great. Agatha and Archie had the standard go fuck yourself argument before separating for the night. Archie left their house, which they had named Styles. <laughs> and what uh, the pardon? They named the house. They named the house Styles. What? When did All right. When did that go out of style? Because <laughs> no pun intended because we need to bring that back. And he went to cool off. Presumably by fucking the woman that was not his wife. Uh, yeah. No, that absolutely is how I would relieve stress in this situation. That same night, about 9.45, Christy disappeared as well. She kissed her seven-year-old daughter goodnight, got in the car, and drove off into the night. She left behind a letter for her secretary saying that she was headed for Yorkshire some four hours by car, as I understand it. It doesn't so, take... So, yeah. so five miles away at the time, if it's four <laughs> hours by car, yeah, yeah. It doesn't take long for people to notice she's missing. I mean, she's a celebrity by now. A thousand policemen get assigned to the case immediately. So it's so it's a J.K. Rowling disappeared right now. Right, exactly. And hundreds of civilians sign up to find her. For the first time, airplanes are conscripted to search for a missing person. <laughs> My God. Okay, and this is in what year? I apologize. This is uh, 1926. Okay, so we don't have. I I was imagining for some reason like the comical like. Orville and Wilbur planes flying over. <laughs> they have to, to take off from a hill. They can't gain it, altitude. Yeah, it's much more Charles Lindbergh-y than it is. It is just humorous barnstorming. But all right, continue. So her car is discovered pretty quickly. Uh, it's on a steep slope at Newlands Corner near Guilford, about an hour and a half in the opposite direction of Yorkshire. Oh, oh no. The car was crashed, but Christy was nowhere to be found. Are, are, are you telling me an actual thing, or are you, you, you giving me an Agatha Christie story here, good sir? Mm. I feel a mystery. I feel a little mysteries afoot. Mm, the lines of reality and fiction have been blurred. The plates were expired, and clothes were strewn about the cabin. But it Wait, wasn't... The plates were expired? Yeah, her plates were expired, but that's just really like commenting on her laziness. That like, I was about to say, that has no bearing on the freaking disappearance. It just says that Agatha Christie was shitty at keeping up with basic tasks. Uh, the car wasn't in an accident, though. I mean, it was like, it was really un unscratched. Um, mm. Thing is, though, the car is near a gorge. Well, you don't love that. Um, a gorge where, like, someone had recently been discovered drowned, so, like... That's your first assumption. But they go search it. She's nowhere to be found. Didn't drown in the gorge. Didn't drown in no. the gorge. Okay. This the is mystery. not like a Stranger Things. They didn't plant a body down in the quarry. So, uh, the press, by the way, is having a field day with this, as you can imagine. Oh, my God. Yes. Yes. I, I The 20, 1920s press and, and anything. Dame goes missing. Meh. <laughs> Meh she. And it's, not dame, not dame, like, because she's been knighted, just dame, because that's what they called ladies. Exactly. 
It's the perfect fodder for tabloid clickbait. I mean, despite the police skimming the nearby spring, uh, which, I mean, I should just, it, it was called Silent Pool, which just sounds like it's out of an RPG. That's, that is, no, Silent Pool's absolutely where you murder somebody. That is, that's 100% <laughs> where you murder somebody. And despite them skimming that and saying she's not there, uh, tabloids loved printing the idea that she deliberately drowned herself in that spring. Okay, so so basically Sylvia Plath does one thing one time. Emily, what was it, Emily Dickinson that went in and put weights in her thing and drowned? Which yep. like, a lot yep. a lot of Victorian poets did a lot of, a lot of killing themselves just just because she's a British lady who writes things does not mean she's going to commit weird stereotypical suicide. Please tell me she doesn't do that. As the disappearance stretched into the days and days until eventually more than a week had passed, things got a little more worrisome. Things are looking grim. I. Just from a just from an emancipatory standpoint, mm-hmm. part of me really hopes that she's just off and like a bacchanalian fuckfest, just plowing her way through every eligible Magic Mike bachelor of England just I to just, get back at Archie for being a douchebag. I just want to double check. You're not familiar with the year Agatha Christie died, are you? Oh, as far as I know, Agatha Christie could be dead. I literally... Th- I, I'm hoping there's a comical turn of phase here, but maybe Agatha Christie just disappeared and nobody told me that because the irony of the great murder mystery lady dying mysteriously would never... It's only been seven years. The lady has more books than God. She's definitely not dead. So I don't know what she's doing. Unless that is the best book-selling event possible. The murder mystery woman who died in a murder mystery? Fuck. I mean, like, I'd keep buying her books. I mean, I would absolutely keep buying her books, but eventually she had to write more of them. So unless unless half of her books are written from beyond the grave, I feel like we have a minor issue at hand. So journalists agreed, or rather argued, it was a publicity stunt, while others publicly speculated that she was murdered by Archie. So it's either it's either O.J. Simpson or Balloon Boy. It's one <laughs> or the other. We No middle ground. My favorite, though is when the police turned to another author for answers. Oh my god, they went and got James Cameron to solve the problem. God damn it. They Arthur James Cameron the situation. Conan Doyle. No! Absolutely not. No. 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 <laughs> this the, he was on full on spiritualist. He believed in fairies at this point. Doyle. He was fucking hanging out calling Houdini the devil and and like, wondering where he got his magic. What the fuck are you talking about? Like we mentioned earlier, was the author of Sherlock Holmes and also... Oh, yeah, because we needed to mention these Arthur fucking Conan Doyle. We all know and, who he is. And a household name in England. Well, so yeah. Doyle, Doyle, it's like J.K. Rowling went missing. Find Stephen King. He must know what That's happened. That's exactly what this is. Doyle. This is insanity. Was the written master of logical deduction, the powers by which Holmes could logically deduce what happened at a crime, rather than just that pulling solutions out of his ass, as was the tradition. not how this works. J.K. Rowling, just because J.K. Rowling wrote the books about she can't show up and make magic happen. They're books. He made mystery novels make sense, and so police thought that perhaps he could make sense of Dame Agatha Christie's disappearance. This is literally... There's a hole. Someone called James Cameron. He knows how to fix this. This is insane. Doyle set to work. First, he took one of Christie's gloves from the abandoned car. And sniffed it like a bloodhound? What the fuck? Then, he went to a spiritual medium. (laughs) Ah, god damn it! I was joking about that son of a bitch! Yeah. 
Yeah, he, he was very into that. For Captain Logic and Deduction would just believe, like, he had, like, the <laughs> other end of the spectrum is, but the fairies in the spirit realm. Woo. See, Doyle was, how do I put it, fucking obsessed with magic. <laughs> fucking out of his mind. What? And, like, it, it's just, I'm sorry, and I know I'm probably derailing a little bit, but it's fu- d- fucking him and Houdini's relationship is possibly the funniest thing I've ever heard. Oh, it's heard, so ever. funny. It's so funny. I would do a full cock and bull on him, but I it feel like o- we're going to touch on the highlights right here. Yeah, yeah. He, Yeah, he was friends with Harry Houdini, who tried to convince Doyle that he was just <laughs> doing magic tricks and that they were easily staged, but Doyle thought he was a fucking wizard. He thought he was a fucking grand Re- wizard. Refused to believe it. Refused to believe that he Houdini- wasn't actually magical. Houdini tells him this to his face. These are tricks. Here's how I did them. Devil magic. <laughs> the man was handcuffed in a tank of water for five <laughs> and minutes. He wasn't. Oh, jeez. Another. And this is a dead author's double whammy here, guys. Go listen to those episodes. They're fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Dead authors on Arthur Conan Doyle and Agatha Christie. Both good listens. Uh, the Cottingley Fairies was like a popular uh, uh, proof of fairies picture at the time. Oh and he God. would just show it to everyone. He was like, look, fairies, they're real. And everyone's like, no, dude, they it, said that the, the people who made it said that that's a hoax. And he's like... It, Bullshit, fairies. It was fo- it was the equivalent of like literally a photoshopped picture of Barack Obama being born in Kenya, holding his holding like the Koran, and then like your grandma being like, "No, this is a thing. It's real. It's, it's real. Insane. He's from Kenya. I've seen it's his birth insane. certificate. Like, jeez, it." So, Again, the contrast in this man's life, the guy that that, that like per, like invented the logical the get to the bottom Occam razor detective is like, but magic and shit. So to recap, Agatha Christie's been missing for more than seven days and the authorities have turned. Fuck her! We are, I'm so done with her at this point. She's gone. The authorities Doyle's on the case to a fictional crime author. Said author said, I'm on it. And rather than using powers of deduction that he penned, goes to a fortune teller to Goes to Miss Cleo and says, where'd she go? The fortune Call teller, me now. spiritual medium, says, I've got nothing. What are you doing? <laughs> oh my God. she even... acknowledges like, hey, a girl's missing. This is not the time, Arthur. Literally, she was like, a person is missing, Arthur. I don't have time to play bullshit with you. And Doyle says, oh, it's hopeless. Call Houdini. If magic can't solve this, it's hopeless. Seriously, I want a league of extraordinary gentlemen. Like, I want Houdini on the case. I want, I, I need more. I want Jules Verne piloting a weird submarine to go see if she's at the bottom of that lake. I want, I want this dream team. Don't worry, Nathan, we're on our way because that's when the police contacted Dorothy Sayers, another crime author. Fuck off! This is not how this works! Why are the cops going, man, you know who's better at this than us? The, the, the fantasy storytelling group. What the hell is happening? Nathan, if I go missing, please get Matt Mercer. Please get I'm, Matt Mercer to try I, and find me. I'm just me. calling. I'm calling all the McElroys. I'm calling. I'm getting every fucking. Po- I'm, Ira Glass is getting involved. Like it. That's the hunt. I need every good DM to try and figure out what happened to me. <laughs> so that's. Uh, it, it, she also had no idea what to do. She was like, "I'm a book <laughs> person. I'm not a cop." <laughs> At least she acknowledged it. I feel like Doyle. Like, like she's like, "Oh no 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 no." Doyle's like, "I'm on the case." <laughs> 
Gentlemen, you've picked the right man. I know a local wizard. He just keeps calling Houdini Watson and running around. <laughs> so now that ten days have passed and they've expended two authors, uh, <laughs> the news has circulated around the entire goddamn world. Which is fitting for the third best-selling author of all time. I mean, that New jives, yeah. News hit the front page of the New York Times. Agatha Christie has vanished. But near and around the tenth day, a tip came in. Ooh. And they alerted Archie. This tip came directly to Archie, alerted him to the city of Harrogate, which was actually pretty damn close to Yorkshire. Oh, so, God, the names of the goddamn British towns. So day 11, Archie comes to sweep a hotel in Harrogate, and sure enough, Dame Agatha Christie was alive and confused. In a, now, now she's, she's in a hotel. Uh-huh. My, my Bacchanalian Magic Mike fuck party is still absolutely on the table. She was staying at the Swan Hydro, known then as the Old Swan Hotel, and she checked in with zero luggage, and staff said that she had checked in under the name Teresa Needle, which is not only an alias, but the name of one of the dudes... Name, it's, it's the name of one of his her husband's mistresses. I, I, I am standing by. There, there are some eyes wide shut coming on. Come on, bring it home! The tip had come in from a banjo player at the Ritzy Hotel. What the actual fuck just came out of your mouth? That sentence tip, does not exist. The tip, the hot scoop, came straight from the mouth of a banjo player at the Ritzy Hotel. I, what, banjo player and Ritzy Hotel are incompatible. <laughs> You've never heard elegant banjo playing, Nathan? No! You know what I hear? I, I'm sitting in the lobby of the Ritz Carlton. No! You don't remember that no. part of the Titanic when they were dancing in the ballroom and there was a banjo chorus? I, do, I just don't. I know. I, do, I mean, what, there might have been a banjo downstairs, but that wasn't the Ritzy Hotel. So uh, this banjo player tipped off Archie that, that Christy had been partying it up and living the high life for more than a week. You've called it, Nathan. She was yeah. living her Bacchanalian fuck I'm telling you, it's just blow and male prostitutes, and she's just like, I don't give a fuck. I've sold more books than God. Let's go. Bobby Tappan, this perceptive banjo master, called the police, and the police called Archie. So when Archie arrived, Agatha was in no hurry to leave. She actually uh, made him wait in the hotel lounge for like an hour while she found an outfit fitting to leave in. Yeah, that's the reason. That's the reason. Not because her and Bobby were banjoing it upstairs. <laughs> Agatha spoke only to police, but never publicly about her disappearance. And her husband said that her accounts of the 11 days were completely without detail. She could but not remember why she was there or what had transpired over 11 days. It's literally called a bender, people. Like, come on, this isn't hard. The running theory from police and Archie is that she drove off late at night, got in a car wreck, and from there entered a fugue state or a psychogenic trance. She essentially mulled her way through a train station in London, hitched a ride up to the famed spa resort, and from there coped with the trauma and depression of her spiraling life by partying away the ensuing 11 days. Not... She was pissed and wanted to go live her best life. Nope, that would be insane. And then when people tried to ask her about it, she was mysterious about it and pretended to be in fugue state because she's an artsy author. Of course I, she's going to make it as intriguing as possible. Uh, that's literally, she is literally printing money at this point. She is printing money. And that, Nathan, is the disappearance of Agatha Christie. That is at, I can't even, 
there are so many turns in that tale that I normally there's like one major turn and this one turned like eight different ways and now all I want is just I, I want this movie I want it done as like a like a satire and I, I, I just want all of the various authors hunting her down across England god damn it oh but yes TMTM this has been the cock and bull podcast TMTMTM mail that one to ourselves we hope you enjoy listening to this as much as we enjoy making it uh, we want to thank Driftless Pony Club for allowing us to use their song, There Were Buffalo on the Ark, off the album Cholera. Uh, it's a great, it's a banger. Nathan, got any plugs? It is, it is a banger. Uh, Mark's Madness. It's always there. It's all eternal. It's it's the only consistent thing I do in my life. Uh, it, it'll be there. Go find us. Very nice. Very nice. Spencer, do you finally have something to plug? I do. Um, first of all, Cooperative Effort. That's a sci-fi comedy podcast. You can kill about two or three hours with it. Uh, number two. Uh, I, I Twitch stream, Daddy Dunk. Uh, number three, I am doing a new show. Uh, much, yeah, yeah. Um, this is my turn to have a little detour, just like Nathan's done his little communist show. Um, I, I mean, you literally just plugged your other podcast, but sure. Hey, you're on that one, all right? You're on that one. <laughs> I'm doing a show called Valid. Blunder Phonics. Blunder Phonics is a, uh, it's going to be a weekly music podcast, and it's going to have a very similar vibe to this, uh, where my buddy Jack Durback, uh, Jack Durback, the, uh, the composer Jack for the Cooperative Durback. Effort, Jack Durback, composer of the Cooperative Effort soundtrack and general music composer in, uh, like, of all time, just he's been doing it all the time, he never fucking releases anything, but this show's going to badger him to do it, he's going to do it finally, anyway, Jack and I, uh, will go every week through an album that had really troubled productions. So the albums themselves aren't necessarily going to be bad albums, but they had really fucked up productions, and it was really rough making them. Why do I feel like the Hamburger Boy is going to make his appearance again? Mm. <laughs> Why do I feel like we may have a crossover episode? Yeah, Blunder Phonics. It's coming soon. I don't have an exact release date, but it's, it's coming soon when you're hearing this. <laughs>